It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to the Counterpoint Podcast, brought to you by BGN Radio. I am Jack Fritz, and welcome also to the scariest month of the year. And I'll get into that in a second. Uh, on today's show, I'm, I will talk about important things like Howie Roseman trying to prove that he's a football guy. I got blocked by Key and Fahey, who continues to be the worst. I am very close to betting on Carson Wentz to win MVP. We have the he who shall not be named take of the week. The he who shall not be named hashtag 100 take of the week. We have my ode to Jordan Matthews. And most importantly, stay woke on Nelson Aguilar and the Eagles. There's something fishy going down there in the NovaCare complex. But today, on this episode of Counterpoint Podcast, we're going to talk about why this is the scariest month of the year. You know, like all of you as Eagles fans and as just NFL fans in general, we all get really, really jacked up for football season. I'm as big of a baseball guy as there is, but football season is is a, is a different animal, and it is it is it is an event. It is something to get excited for every single year, and you really you, you count down those seconds until preseason starts, because then the tweets start filing in. You know, OTAs is like the biggest tease in the world. 
Uh, you know, you get these rookies out there. You hear the Aguilar tweets. You hear the Wentz tweets. It's just, you know, OTAs are great, but in the end, they're a huge tease. And then there's the preseason, and then there's training camp. And it all gets ratcheted up. But here's why this is the scariest month of the year, and it's not even close. Because we here at the Counterpoint Podcast and here at BGN, we are all pure football guys. You know, we, we thank Eagles all the time. And guess what? That could all be over in one tweet. Or in John and BLG's case, they could be there. And our season could be over. Just like that. Every single day, we wake up willingly knowing that our football season could be over in a mere matter of seconds. We roll out of bed. We, we, we make some coffee. We have some eggs. We look outside our window. It all you know the, the weather's always beautiful. Although, I will say this. And it's weird because does it feel like it's been raining a lot more this year than most? I feel like the, I feel like the rain has really just been ratcheted up in the here in the Delaware Valley. Um, and to our I guess our our British our British friends I guess it's just always raining over there. So um, the, I guess they wouldn't I guess they would be used to it. So welcome to Philadelphia. <laughs> this is your introduction. It's always raining, but it's just we wake up so we we're so naive. We're like every day we wake up. And we, 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 we're like deer. Deers like open their eyes for the first time. So, so innocent. So innocent. All knowing that in, in about 30 seconds, our season could be over. Carson Wentz could get hurt tomorrow at practice. And then guess what? <laughs> we're trading a first round pick for Sam Bradford. That's what would probably happen. It's ridiculous. And we, 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 we'd never think about it. And I never think about it until today. For some reason, I was in a dark place. Trust tree was in a dark place. Was thinking about, wow, our season could be over in 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 a matter of seconds. We just we just go in there unknowingly, just like, hey, this is gonna be fine. Everything's gonna be great. Alshon Jeffrey's fine. He's fine. And I will say this, and I know a lot. Of this is gonna be like serious football. Alshon Jeffrey's fine. Like everyone's trying to make this out like he's not practicing. This is a little bit different for me than than the than the Fletcher Cox thing. I, like Fletcher Cox, I was not happy. He was sitting out. OTAs because it seemed like he didn't want to work hard. This is this is the this is Alshon Jeffrey having a minor injury and then being like, "Listen, buddy, you need to calm down. Like we we know why you're here. You will save you for the practice. Now we'll see how Malcolm Jenkins handles that. He didn't handle uh, that Demarco Murray treatment very well a couple years ago. But I I'm not worried about Alshon Jeffrey. Maybe that's just me being naive. But I mean, it's not like the guy has a great injury history, fast or anything. But as we all know. They're calling him Alshon here, and he's not Al. So that's I'm I'm buying into that Kool Aid a little bit as well. The second point, and why this is the scariest month of the year for me personally. This may not be all of you, but I I really do buy into every single training camp storyline. I'm so bought into Nelson Aguilar developing into this absolute superstar. And the, the funny thing is, is is I keep talking myself into Nelson Aguilar, and then I look for historical precedents. And I know a lot of people talk about the third year receiver leap, right? And 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 that whole thing, which, which I buy into for the most part, but those receivers that make the third year leap also weren't complete dumpster fires for their first two years, and then just magically turn into fantastic receivers while getting the playing time that Nelson Aguilar got. Like Jordy Nelson's first couple of years looked like he could be a receiver if they just upped his role. Nelson Aguilar was a starter here that turned that was a bad player, but. I'm still talking myself into it. I am so this is again, this is the trust tree thing. I'm so bad at differ, differentiating between real and fake. I can't tell what's real or fake when in these trading camp storylines. 
One minute I'm buying into Nelson Aguilar. The next minute I'm buying into all the Derek Barnett hype. Uh, the next minute it's Jernigan. Uh, the next minute it's the cornerbacks. I was talking myself into. I, if you go back in the audio of the BGN podcast before preseason, it was me sounding like an idiot saying, "You know what? I'm not worried about the cornerbacks this year." <laughs> what an idiot! Oh my god, the cornerbacks are terrible. Uh, but I mean, to a, to to a degree, I mean, the 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 beat writers have been very open about how bad, the, and that's why. The Eagles went out and they made that trade. They they traded Jordan Matthews to the Bills. I don't know if you heard that before, uh, but they traded Jordan Matthews in a third round pick to the Bills for Ronald Darby. And Ronald Darby is a really good football player. And I feel like I gotta I gotta give a little ode to Jordan Matthews here because Jordan Matthews is gone forever. Sing it, Sarah. Yes, Jordan. Yes. Jordan Matthews. No longer here. Poor Jordan. Jordan, I just want to say that when the Eagles drafted you, in my dumb brain, I heard the, I heard the Jerry Rice. I heard he was your, your cousin. Yes, I talked myself into you. I may have been one of your biggest defenders the last couple of years. And it all started because the first story I ever heard about you was that you walked into Chip Kelly's office and you told him what you would bring to this offense. You told Chip Kelly what was what. And you were curious about the Chip Kelly offense. And I remember that to this day as you make your way up to Buffalo. Thank you, Sarah. Keep singing. Yes, in your first training camp, the stories came out that you would catch the ball and run all the way to the end zone. God damn it, that is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard in my life. That's what we want out of our football players, and you brought that, Jordan. You brought that. You would catch that slant, and by God, you would make it to the end zone. That's why we're the best. For your first two years here, first three years, I wouldn't even care that you dropped the ball in big spots when we needed it. Because guess what? Pro Football Focus said that you have no slot yards of anyone from that class. And that's really all that matters. All right, that's enough of you, Sarah. Here's the real talk. Jordan Matthews was a good player. He was a fine player. Jordan Matthews is not going to be make or break this Eagles team. He's just not going to do it. I've... I think that Matt Collins and Nelson Aguilar and Marcus Johnson and really, really, the main point is I think Zacharias and Trey Burton are pretty much going to be your slot receivers anyway with the help of Nelson Aguilar and all of that. And they're going to be fine. And I understand that if Alshon Jeffrey goes down, then we're kind of screwed and we're back in the same situation as they were last year. And that's definitely something to concern about. But cornerback is more important, and that's why you had to pay a third-round pick to get Ronald Darby, and he's a legit starting cornerback in this league. And while the the offensive is a is a bit of a concern, can we just sit back and think for for five seconds? Just 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 close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes right now. I'm looking at all of you, all those listeners out there. Close your eyes, and, and just picture this defensive lineup next year. We got Brandon Graham. 
get Fletcher Cox. We're going to re-sign Timmy Jernigan. We're going to have Derek Barnett on the front line. Holy shit, right? Jordan Hicks, middle linebacker. Maybe Nigel Bradham, or they address it in the draft. I tell you what, I saw the Reuben Foster's first game. I got a little teary-eyed. I love Reuben Foster, but that's okay. We can address linebacker in the draft this year. Uh, it might be Bradham, it might not be Bradham, but we'll, we'll address that. And then, you know, Nate Gary, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> Ronald Darby, Sidney Jones, Malcolm Jenkins, Rodney McLeod. Tell me that's not exciting. I understand we lost Jordan Matthews, but in the end, I, I, he's not really a slot. He's better than just your average slot receiver, but you're trading a slot receiver for a starting cornerback. Like that is, that is pretty much what we're looking at here, and I'm pretty much fine with it. So, yeah. Goodbye, Jordan. Thank you for all you did here. You were better than people thought, but you're also not that as good as people also think now. <laughs> like, go back in your tweets. Go back in your tweets. At yourself. It's okay. We're in the trust tree. You can tweet them at me if you want. Go back in your tweets and look at your Jordan Matthews tweets. They're going to be like, oh my God, Jordan Matthews, stop dropping the ball. That's literally what they're going to be. Because you know what? We've all been there. Okay, moving on. Training camp started since the last time we talked. Uh, we have Wentz is just been lighting up training camp. We have John Clark splooging himself to Wentz showing up 15 minutes before the whole team's supposed to be out there, even though completely disregarding that Nick Foles and Matt Malone were also there. It was just that Wentz was the first one out there. And Johnny, I get it. We all do things for retweets. But come on, man. Come on, stick to the airports, all right? And, and mad respect getting the first airport the airport interview with Ruth Ronald's Army. That's why you're the best in the business. That's why you're the best in the business. But here's my main takeaway from, from camp so far. And that is Howie Roseman is really going out of his way to prove that he's a football guy. Howie Roseman, on two separate occasions, has been shown throwing the football to receivers. Is this a, is this a sign direct? Is he looking at Jeff McLean while doing this? He might be. He might be eyeing up Jeff McClain being like, listen, motherfucker, I'm a football guy. I got Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas might be Howie Roseman's bodyguard. But all I can take away from this is that Howie Roseman is, is trying his best to prove that he's a football guy to all of those media who say he's a, he's a little worm, a little weak little worm. Someone compared him to Stephen Miller, and I felt bad for him, but that's it. Howie Roseman's been throwing the football around, trying to prove that he's a football guy to, to these to these beat writers that have said for years he's just not a football guy. Him and Hanky should have a catch, and then we'll we'll see who's a real football guy and who's a real basketball guy. Another thing happens since training camp started, and that is that I got blocked by Kean Fahey. And for the longest time, I thought it was Cian, but it's actually Kean. Um, why again do we care about an Irish guy's opinion on football? Nothing. Cool. Same. Because I. Th- why do we care? He doesn't know football. I don't even know what I said to him. Oh, I said. Carson Wentz got tackled by Trey Burton's son. It was a cute moment. And Kean comes in well Kean comes in with the I bet Eagles fans are gonna blame this on Lane Johnson or something. And I was like, good one, Kean. And then he blocked me. It's pretty soft in my opinion. Also, I made this proclamation on Twitter, but it's been a while. After the Saturday open practice two weeks ago, I was very close to betting on Carson Wentz to win the MVP. Because he sounds like he's been unbelievable. I haven't seen him at all besides the first uh, preseason game. And that didn't exactly slow down my role in wanting to bet on him to win MVP. But I'm very close. 
And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to call people. And we're going to see if it's time to bet on Carson Wentz win MVP because I, I, I'm getting pretty close, people. Here's another thing that I'm out on. I'm out on the Super Bowl bet that Bud Light made. In my mind, it's Bud Light talking shit. They're talking shit. Like, oh, we're so confident that your loser city will never win a Super Bowl that will cover all of Philly's beer tab if the Eagles win the Super Bowl. You know what, Bud Light? I'm on to you. This is bullshit. And I know it's bullshit. And you're trying to make this joke. It's like no one else caught. I don't think anyone else caught on to this except for me. This is them directly talking shit on the Eagles and saying we never win a Super Bowl. It's just, it's just exactly what it is. We'll cover Philly's beer tab if the Eagles win a Super Bowl. Good joke, guys. We get it. The Eagles have never won a Super Bowl. Doesn't mean you got to come out and make fun of us for it. Okay? I like Bud Light. I may be one of the few. But you know what? After this shenanigans, I don't know if I can support, support you much longer. Now, I want you guys to, to, to get woke for a minute. I want you to get woke, and then I want you to stay woke. Because I feel like the Eagles are turning into Russia. And I think they're turning into Russia because I think they're trying to manipulate the Nelson Aguilar message. And they're trying to control the message. So, you know, I've talked myself into Aguilar. And, uh, you know, as we've talked about many times in this show, we're in the trust tree here. All takes are welcome, bad or good. We've all made bad takes. And my take this year, I actually have a bet out there on him getting over 500 yards receiving. I'm in. I'm all in on Aguilar. And maybe it's because I've watched his college shape against Cal too much. And that I think that, how could he be this bad? But, you know, back in OTAs, they were talking to this guy like he was the most unbelievable receiver they've ever seen. And this is all while the reporters are all in a closed space, right? No one from the outside was seeing any of this. This is only the reporters on. And then everyone's like, well, we got to see it in pads. You know, some rational ones are like, oh, we got to see it in pads. The unrational ones were saying, well, he's better than Alshon Jeffrey. <laughs> I think we know who the Eagles plug is here. Um, and then came training camp, right? And the first couple days of training camp, it's like, oh, my God, pads. Nelson Aguilar is going to have a breakout year, right? Stay woke. Because every time I, again, I've only seen the preseason game, but I have had friends that have gone down to the open practices and say Aguilar really hasn't looked that great. And he's dropped touchdowns in the end zone. And in the first preseason game, he had the first ball bounce right off his hands that he got. I'm wondering if the Eagles were are paying off the beat writers to ease the pain of Jordan Matthews deal. Because it, it sure as hell feels that way. It feels like they're like, hey, uh, guys, I need you to uh, pump up Nelson Aguilar so that when we trade Jordan Matthews, all the fans will be like, hey, we'll be fine. We got Nelson Aguilar. When did Nelson Aguilar become so reliable? I mean, I'm not, I'm not directly calling John Barchard uh, a traitor or a treasonist, but... I might have to check into his bank account and see if there's a direct deposit from the Eagles for him to tweet out positive things about Nelson Aguilar. I think I might be honest. We're going to talk to Joe Giglio, who is woke to everything. He has, he's definitely woke about this Nelson Aguilar thing. Joe, <laughs> you think the Eagles are Russia in thinking that... Uh, do you think that the Eagles are manipulating this Nelson Aguilar message 
to ease the pain of the trade of Jordan Matthews. I don't think there's any other way to look at this, Jack. They are clearly Russia in this, and the propaganda police are just, they're everywhere. We haven't seen one negative thing about Nelson Aguilar the entire time. The fact, I was at the practice, the open practice, a couple Sundays ago, and he dropped a wide-open pass in the end zone. Last year, that would have been the lead story everywhere. This year, was like, well, yeah, but he caught a lot of others the rest of the days. He can't do, he could do no wrong this preseason, and when we get to week one, if he does do wrong, they'll flip and they'll just roast him. That's why I had to bring you on, Joe. Because because you 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 have a good bullshit detector, and it's pretty obvious that you know in the in preseason game number one, ball right through his hands, open practice, ball right through his hands. No stories on that. No stories on that. All of a sudden, we're afraid of finally trading Jordan Matthews. It's Russia. It's Russia, Jack. <laughs> it's exact same thing. Fake news. All right. Hey, you can trust one person. It's Joe Gillio. All right. The guy doesn't lie about anything. He's not buying Nelson Nelson Aguilar. He thinks the Eagles are are manipulating the message. You heard it here first. If you, if you hear this being brought out, brought up in the media, just remember to, to credit counterpoint. Thank you. So let's get into the hashtag 100 take of the week. When I prayed during the winter months, I asked the Lord to make it warm. I did not say, Lord, please bring the devil from hell and have him sit his ass crack on earth. That's not what I asked for. Can I actually have two of them? And... <laughs> The first one is like not even a bad take. It's just like so obvious you feel dumber after reading it. And that goes to Adam Schefter because he came out after the Zeke Elliott suspension, which, thank you, football gods, the Cowboys are going to be so bad this year. And really, I am so ready to die on on Dak Prescott sucks hill because I think Dak Prescott sucks. And fucking GQ comes out this week and says that Dak Prescott is America's quarterback. In what fucking America is Dak... First off, can we talk about this whole America's team thing? If, 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 if most of the country hates the team, then how are they American? How are they America's team? And second off, is a bald eagle not the most American thing in the world? Well, that doesn't make much sense. Is a bald eagle not the most American thing in America? I rest my case. America's team is bullshit. Anyway... Adam Schefter comes out with this hot breaking story that Jerry Jones is furious that Zeke Elliott got suspended for six games. Uh, no shit, Adam. Like, what do you think? He's all pumped that 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 Zeke Elliott got suspended for six games. Seriously, I mean, what's the point of tweeting that out? Schefter Schefter loves getting like when he gets beat to stories. Like he got beat by Rappaport with this story. He loves like quote tweeting that and being like, "Hey, also this." Well, this was his take on that, and it was that Jerry Jones is furious. No, I'm sure Jerry Jones, the rational, level-headed Jerry Jones, was just so pumped about about losing Zeke Elliott for six games. And by the way, I feel like Zeke Elliott is going to suspend or is going to appeal it, and it's going to be brought down to four games. And can you also spare me that the NFL hates the Cowboys takes? Because I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the NFL loves that one of its best players and young rising stars is out for six games. You fucking idiots. Cowboys fans are the worst. We, we all know this, but they're also just the worst. And they're all doing the, well, you know, we'll be fine with it. And the, the, the take, the, 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 the ultimate take of this is, well, it's actually a good thing. <laughs> I don't know. Cowboys fans are just the weirdest people on earth. But I think the hashtag 100, the he who shall not be named hashtag 100 take of the week, I'm sorry. Uh, and, and I don't want to do this because, because this man has become one of my good friends. At, at the station 
And it, but it, there was no one else on Twitter that deserved this more than Andrew Porter. This is what Andrew said last week. He said, "We do realize that Howie traded Kiko and Maxwell for essentially nothing. Could have went from thirteen to two and still kept those guys." Andrew, buddy, um, buddy, no, they couldn't. So by getting rid of Byron Maxwell and Kiko Alonso, they were go- able to go from thirteen to eight. Now going from thirteen to two would have cost a lot more than going from eight to two, right? So you do that, also couple in the fact that you have to shed that money, right? Because the the Byron Maxwell contract was horrendous, and Kiko wasn't making an insane amount, but still, you shed that money, you shed Byron Maxwell's money, who also sucks, by the way, and you can use that money on other assets. So, Andrew, I know you like doing these kind of things, and I know you... You drove the chip ship, but this is not the hill to die on because you didn't trade for essentially nothing because going from 13 to 8 is nothing, and then going from 8 to 2 to get your franchise quarterback is also not nothing. So I would just set this one out, um, and that's and that's all I got to say about that. But uh, final thing, I just want to say my takes from the first preseason game. My one take was that um, why is Michael Kendricks wearing a running back helmet? Could he be a fullback? I actually think if Michael Kendricks wants to preserve his football career, fullback would be an interesting way to do it. But the running back on the running back helmet on a linebacker is a weird look. Um, and that's pretty much all I got to say about that. I didn't like that one bit. Also, this is like my hot take, my Eagles take. I like Corey Clement a lot. He's better than... Donald Pomfrey. I didn't like Donald Pomfrey at all. I don't like the way he played. I think he might be too, too small. Might just be a little bit too small. And finally, I think I'm just going to keep saying finally so that you guys just keep saying, keep listening. So this podcast may never end. And every time I say finally, I actually don't believe, <laughs> just don't believe it because I'm lying. Um, we're going to break down the Eagles jersey numbers because obviously after the Ronald Darby uh, trade, we got new jersey numbers, which is Liddy. So, uh, what my first takeaway is that they they already gave eighty one to the receiver they 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 picked up the other day. So, <laughs> I guess no hard like every time that Wentz drops back and sees eighty one and it's not Jordan Matthews, he's gonna tear up a little bit. Is him and Zach Ertz gonna just hug it out? I don't know. But the main players, Legarrette Blunt goes back to twenty nine from thirty five, and that's a big move, and that's that's a really underrated move. I mean, Legarrette Blunt scored eighteen touchdowns wearing number twenty nine, and not. Now, number 29 is a bad number. Don't let me, don't misconstrue my words here. 29 is a bad number. I wore 29 in college, and all of a sudden, my, I, was, I was good in high school, and then in college, I switched to 29 from 34, and my ERA ballooned, and I had no idea how to throw a changeup anymore. I think it's a direct result of wearing the number 29, but 29 on LeGarrette Blunt is a different story. That's a, that's, that's a, a historic number for him. I want LeGarrette Blunt feeling as New England as possible, and he can't do that if he's not wearing number 29. So I'm in on the Garrett Blunt wearing number 29. I gets the big Jack Fritz thumbs up. Ronald Darby wearing 35. I am out on it. Now, I know that Cole Hamels wore number 35. But really, 35? I would have liked to see him in, like, I like 28. I liked, I think he had a lot of swagger with the number 28. I was a big fan. I just really, like, odd numbers I'm pretty out on. 
with jerseys, but Ronald's RB35, you know, maybe he can be a shutdown corner like Cole Hamels was a shutdown ace in 2008. But the first reaction from that, not a big fan of the change from, from 28 to 35. I thought, I, thought, I thought 28 was swagging. I know that Wendell Smallwood has it, but I would have liked to see an even number. Maybe, maybe you should just get rid of Jalen Watkins and take 26 because it's that important. But 35, we'll, we'll see what the early returns are against Buffalo on Thursday, which is so weird, by the way. Like, has that ever happened to where all of a sudden you're playing the team that you just got traded from? Finally, we have Terrence Brooks tra- changing from 29 to, thir- to 24. And now here's the weird thing, is that I actually really like Terrence Brooks at 29. It made him stick out a little bit. It made, you know, everyone on the defense, you know, they're all athletic, in shape, ripped guys. Sometimes you got you to gotta separate yourself. And 29 was a separator. I bet Jim Schwartz was like, hey, 29, bad number, but guess what? The guy hits hard. I'm, I'm kind of out on Terrence Brooks wearing number 24. I would I would have rather have seen Ronald Darby at 24. But I guess I guess when it comes down to this, and I got to look at myself here, do I care more about Terrence Brooks wearing number 29 or LeGarrette Blunt wearing number 29? And the answer is clear. I care more about LeGarrette Blunt wearing number 29. So I'll have to accept that. But um, Terrence Brooks... He he, <laughs> you know what the funniest thing about Eagles fans are is that we're always looking for the next Dawkins, and this year it's him and Trey Sullivan are the next Dawkins, because I mean I I'm 100 falling victim to this. Ask 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 high school Jack what he thought of of Taylor Mays, because it wasn't pretty. It was Taylor Mays was the next Dawk, and if they don't get him, everything is shit. Because <laughs> we're Eagles fans, and we're always looking for the next Dawk. Um, but that's going to do it for this episode of the Counterpoint Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a, it's been a lot of fun with Counterpoint, and uh, just every day, it's 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 fun reading people's tweets and me saying how much they enjoy it, and uh, hope we can keep this thing going. So, I'll talk to you next week. This is what your second record, and it's the song you wrote. Yes, I write most of the stuff.